I have two major clients at the moment, and then I do a lot of ad hoc stuff. One of my major clients right now is GoDaddy, so I'm like doing all right. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Tommy Walker. He's the founder of The Content Studio, a content marketing consultancy for high growth B2B SaaS startups and enterprises. Before that, he was the first marketing hire at Shopify Plus and global editor-in-chief at QuickBooks. His long-term goal for the content studio is to release training for advanced content marketers. Tommy, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. So what year did you join Shopify? I was there pre-IPO. So it was like 2014, 2015. Yeah, late 2014. And what was like when you were going through the interview process, what was like the key metric they asked you about? Hey, Tommy, can you increase this? I didn't have an interview process. I was recruited. So uh, Shopify was really early days back then. It was still not being taken seriously as uh, cloud e-commerce wasn't really a thing back then. Um, So I was brought in from uh, CXL.com. And uh, really, it was just a conversation. You know, hey, you seem like you know what you're talking about on the website that you're currently writing for. Uh, We like you. Let's let's make this happen. So. Mm -hmm. So that was call it 2014, 2015 up through 2017. By the way, I did not, it's a small world. Uh, Pep just bought a ticket. Or I always pronounce his name wrong, but I think it's Pep. He bought a ticket to uh, my event down here in Austin next week because winter is taking off and he's doing some exciting things with his new company. So are you still close with him? Oh yeah. Uh, close is relative, but yes, we talk on a regular basis and uh, yeah, no, Pep's great. We can edit that out. Yeah. Pep and I are close. It's awesome. We still That's talk awesome. to each other. Yeah, that's great. No, big, big fan of him. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're, I mean, you are very much in this space. If you are, it looks like you were editor in chief there back in 2013. So Shopify recruits you. What was the focus? I mean, what were like, what were you graded on sort of each quarter? Uh, It's, it's really interesting at the time. It was like the company was so scrappy at the time that it was let, let's produce content. Let's get traffic. Let's just get a foothold and establish a foothold as a thought leader in this space. So when I was there, especially when I got into the marketing on the Shopify plus side, it was let's create content. Let's make a splash. Like let's, the whole thing was breaking down the enterprise. Um, So really at the time it wasn't as metrics focused as it is now most likely. Um, But it certainly was like, let's make our impact and make our presence known within the space, which is like kind of hard to quantify at this point. But um Certainly, I mean, I was there for the first fifteen hundred customers, the only marketing hire until the first fifteen hundred customers. So we did so something. Was, right. What was the initial content plan? What were you doing? Sure. Uh, so the metric that I care the most about is return visitors, um, and the overall content plan. We had uh, a few different things that we were looking at. Primarily, we were doing some SEO focused stuff. We were doing a lot more thought leadership pieces, but. The way that I had structured my team, I also had a, an away team. So I had a team of people doing guest blogging in a number of different areas, as well as doing a lot of podcasting at the time. Uh, I was becoming a guest on multiple podcasts and sort of championing this whole philosophy of 
what happens when the software gets out of the way. It's hard to believe now, but at the time, nobody was taking cloud e-commerce software seriously. Uh, so we started to focus on the meta narrative of the blog was um, what happens when e-commerce software gets out of the way? What are the things that you can focus on now that you don't have to worry about time or budget um, or, or you know, technical restraints? So that was kind of the narrative. We were shaping a narrative at the time. And that's really where a lot of the focus was. And Tommy, what did you use to measure return visitors? Uh, just Google Analytics. Okay. Um, and, and so what, when you left, what were like the weekly active readers, I guess? Yeah. Um, it was, it was right around, right around the hundred thousand mark. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too crazy, but it was just crazy enough. No, uh, that was weekly readers that were coming back or monthly. Yeah. Weekly. That's great. Interesting. So why leave? Uh, you know, it, it was Shopify was great. It's a great company. It was, it was growing really fast at the time. And uh, it, it was fun until it wasn't for me, um, is really what it came down to. It was, I mean, it's still a great company. What uh, didn't you enjoy about it? Um, wow, this is tough. Um, it was, it was the speed at which it was growing. And, uh, at the time, honestly, I was a lot more arrogant, uh, and, and thought that I was owed more than I really was. And, uh, like you wanted more options. Yeah, I wanted, well, I wanted more options. I wanted more clout. Uh, and, and what it came down to was just that I thought I was doing more than I actually was um, or that I was capable of more than I was at the time. So, uh, wow, nobody's ever asked me this before, Nathan. Um, well, I mean, my, everyone's going to be thinking this goes out Shopify in the prime years. So you should have got an equity study. It should be on like living in a massive mansion right now, like right, rolling, right, right. In the, rolling in the money. So I have to understand why is that not the case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The- uh, yeah no, certainly. So I was pre-IPO. Uh, I definitely had quite a bit of pre-IPO shares. Um, but yeah, what it came down to is really I was, I was just, I was arrogant at the time, thought that I knew what I was doing uh, a little bit more thought I was owed more than I actually was. And, um, and I left, I left on my own accord. Uh, but I certainly was, was not as, uh, not as mature as I would be now. What, I would have handled the spending, situation. Very what were you spending monthly on content, like paying writers to see a spin up writing and all this stuff? Probably about 10 to 12, 10 to 12,000. Interesting. Okay. Uh, what's the next step you leave and then what? I left, I was consulting with QuickBooks on the side and I had built out, uh, I had helped build out their uh, content marketing function within their resource center. At the time, it was really kind of a repository for the long tail SEO phrases. Um, and, and you know, the, you know, the type, right. Where it's just every long tail phrase, every permutation of a keyword. And what I came in there and did was really helped them build out a branded asset, um, and it became a destination that people wanted to go to, wanted to return to. Return visitors is always my true north metric. Um, and the person that I had installed at the time, uh, Jimmy Daly, was actually uh, the person who I had brought in to run it. Uh, he had decided that he wanted to go do animals and go more agency side uh, at, at the time. So I was in Berlin uh, shooting some videos for Oberlo. And the the idea of hey, like they needed somebody to take this thing over. I had helped build it in the beginning. Um, and it just kind of clicked for me at that time where I was like, well, why don't I go over there and run it? So we scaled that uh, from five 
five to 10 freelance contributors to 40 plus contributors across SEO, social, um, email, like most of your customer facing channels uh, across 16 markets. Um, and then Intuit had a massive layoff where they laid off 7% of their entire portfolio. I was one of that lucky 715, uh, cried for about 30 minutes and then started my own business shortly thereafter. Okay. So what are you doing now? Now I am consulting with other Fortune 1000 companies, uh, building out content marketing functions. Um, that includes everything from content operations and how content gets uh, created and distributed throughout the company um, to the distribution strategy out into the world, uh, budgeting basically the entire function, building that out or improving it in certain situations as well. What are your top three ways to find if someone's listening right now and they want to launch a blog and hire a writer to do this? Do you recommend some of these marketplaces, you know, like uh, Verblio, Scripted, Writer Access, Content Fly, or are there other sources that you use? Yeah, I've actually always, always, always had good luck with ProBlogger, right? The ProBlogger.com community. Uh, I've hired New York Times published authors, um, uh, someone who's written several Four Dummies books, uh, Emmy Award winners. Like it's amazing what goes out there. So my recommendation to anybody who is ever going to hire is to actually do something by called writing a content code first, which is basically the rules of engagement, uh, defining the soul of your publication, right? Um, so for me, like one of my rules is rule number four is uh, uh, opinions are bullshit. Do the research, right? Um, don't talk down to your reader. Uh, setting these rules that define the publication, like how you're going to engage with the market. And then from there, writing your advertisements for that and trying to get people on board, not just like, hey, we need somebody to write stuff for us, but here's the mission that we're on and the narrative that we're trying to build out throughout the market. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that's always been, I have to believe that's the reason why I've been able to attract the talent that I've been able to attract. Um because it's it's really it's really more mission driven than transactional. And so, how many of these customers are you working with today? Uh, I have two major clients at the moment, and then I do a lot of ad hoc stuff. One of my major clients right now is GoDaddy, so I'm yep. like doing all right. We just bought uh, founderled.com from GoDaddy. Thank goodness yeah. they got it because I already ordered a bunch of t-shirts and I wasn't going to have the t-shirts <laughs> reprinted. So I just got a notification this morning that we have the community. This is a community we're launching to celebrate bootstrap SaaS founders. Um, we're basically going to do essentially like TechCrunch, but just celebrating people that own 100% that broke 5 million in revenue and give the dividends to their team. Uh, so, so big fan of GoDaddy there. Um, tell me about uh, what can SaaS founders expect if they're listening right now and they want to come work with you? What should their minimum revenue be? What, what stage should they be at? Yeah. So I do, I do two sides of the equation. I like to work with high growth, um, high growth startups. Um, so most of the time that's anywhere between, I, I, I prefer to have a million uh, MRR is kind of in that like really sweet spot there. Um, and then I work with the enterprise level clients, which money's not really an object at that point. Mm. Um, and when we work together, one of the first things that I really try to do is establish that content code, really define that voice. That's one of the things that I think a lot of blogs and content marketing strategies as a whole lack that sort of differentiation. Um, and we all kind of default to that, you know, the keyword base, like let's write for robots. 
And the question that I'm actually asking myself now is what if Google didn't exist and how do we create content that would carry itself without, you know, a search engine being the thing to pick it up. So, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is I'm on an SEO podcast. So like, you know. my, my, I mean, my biggest issue has look, working with writers is they are too factual. And unfortunately yeah. in today's world, people don't give a shit about facts. What they care right. about are polarized opinions. And so it's really hard for me to push my writers and say, insert your freaking opinion in this. Like, yep. Like push your goal is to push the audience, either love you or hate you in the first three sentences. And then they'll yep. read the rest. It doesn't matter if they love you or hate, you, but they'll, then they'll read the rest. Right. And perspective is the, the thing that's missing the most right now. And the question, and, and the reason I believe perspective is missing from your authors and, and just authors in general is because it comes back to that content code. We can, if you're not defining what that soul of your publication is, there's no anchoring into what that perspective is going to be businesses need a point of view more now than ever. And if you are not setting the guidelines on that, it, the rest of it just becomes, you know, it's the blogger Borg voice, right? It's the same blog over and over again, depending on, you know, and, and that's obnoxious and terrible to read and nobody likes it. So, so, so what are you best in the world at like hiring and managing a team of freelance writers or going out and finding and really like product SEO? Uh, I would say it's probably the first is really, yeah. really setting those guidelines, that tone, building out the operation um, itself and, and connecting people within the company. So it's not just content marketers kind of siloed off on the other side of the business and, and, and they're all on a little island. It's more about having an integrated uh, team that you have the right people on board and, and everybody's really representing what that company is. Blogs are, um, and, and content marketing as a whole, but blogs in particular are the most frequently published um, voice of the company. And that's something that needs to be taken very seriously. And that's one of the things that I, I try to stress both on the senior leadership level, uh, but also with the people that I work with on the ground level. All right, Tommy, let's wrap up with the famous five here. We're out of time. Number one, favorite book? Uh, Story by Robert McKee. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Not currently. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for doing long tail SEO keyword research? Ooh, uh, I've actually been getting into Jarvis lately. Jarvis. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Not enough. Uh, anywhere between two to six, if I'm lucky. All right. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married with kids. How many kids? Uh, three. Ooh, busy guy. How old are you? I am 36. 36. Soon. Close. Okay. Happy early birthday. Uh, last last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Not to be arrogant when it comes to this. I don't know everything and there's always a better learning experience um, and there's always going to be somebody smarter and better at what you do. Guys, there you have it. First writer at Shopify Plus launched the marketing strategy there. Grew to about 100,000 weekly active readers and about 1,500 customers there on the platform before he left and joined QuickBooks after that. Did the same playbook there. Then said, you know what? I like working with founders and companies directly. Now working with high-growth SaaS companies, helping them scale their content marketing, specifically hiring and maintaining a con- uh, a content code for maybe a freelance writing team they're putting together as they look to scale uh, and drive new cut enterprise accounts. Tommy, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, no problem.